0: Thank <laughs> you. Hello and welcome back to She's In Focus, but today it's They're In Focus, the podcast dedicated to inspiring and empowering filmmakers and videographers from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey. I'm your host, Kel Grant, an aspiring filmmaker from New Jersey who's just trying to turn my passion into something more and connect with amazing individuals who have the same passion for video. One of those being Daph Levy, an anti-diet eating disorder recovery mentor, fat activist and video media producer based in Boston. As a person who identifies as queer, fat, and Latinx, Daft strives to offer a unique perspective on how to view health and creativity. Daft expresses their passion for helping others by sharing the stories of individuals who are traditionally marginalized and or excluded. On their YouTube channel, they dive deep into topics including mental health, media production, and life as an entrepreneur, all within the context of their eating disorder recovery. With a passion for storytelling and technology, Daft uses their creative skills in editing software and video production to create high-quality, thought-provoking, and cinematic videos while offering remote and in-person video production services. That was quite the intro. I think you're the guest who's the most kind of sure of themselves and their mission based on what I just read and what we're going to talk about today. So Daph, thank you so much for being here.
1: Wow, Kel, thank you. What an honor. No, truly. That made me laugh though because you said it's funny because I could I'm so far from sure of myself, but hey, I mean fake it till you make it is something that I kind of live by these yes. days.
0: <laughs> That's the motto. I feel you.
1: <laughs> totally. But for real, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to just be on a platform that um is totally aligned with my values of amplifying voices that are traditionally excluded. So it's really an honor.
0: Awesome. We're we're really excited to have you. So I was telling you when we got on the line that I kinda went into a panic. When I found out that you are non-binary because I thought my show would be offensive to you or it wouldn't be inclusive. And I went into this kind of frenzy of, oh my God, is everything I'm trying to accomplish with this podcast lost on QPOC individuals in that community. But I think it warrants an important conversation and certainly one that I haven't shied away from, but also one that I haven't had the opportunity to really dive into. So I'd like to open up with that today. So... First of all, identifying the way that you do, all the things I listed in the intro, queer, fat, Latinx, have you found much of a community in the filmmaking or creative space?
1: Yeah, that's a fabulous question. And again, I just wanna thank you and then and, and reassure you that I actually, I do not feel offensive. Um, I think we're always learning. And as long as we continue to be open and vulnerable and committed to keeping ourselves accountable, I mean, that's the best we can do, we're human. So just to name that, I think I absolutely love your podcast, by the way. And Thank you didn't me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I might need you to repeat the question. But so was the question, have I found community within the filmmaking space? Yes. Yeah. Okay. To be honest, no, I really haven't mm. found community um, in this space, which actually has been leading to a lot of the feelings that I'm having. I feel like I'm in this weird transition or it's not weird. I don't want to label that judgment, right. but I'm in a transition of. Okay, I just realized that I have an eating disorder, that I'm in recovery. And I literally left everything I knew behind, meaning I have an educational background and passion of nutrition and dietetics, which is also what fueled my eating disorder. So I had to let that go in order to create the mental and logistical space to get the help that I needed. And now that I'm here and having done so much work on myself, I realize how important community is not just as a human being, but for me personally, like that's what fills up my cup. I need to feel connected. Um, that's something that I was really scared to leave behind in, in leaving the dietetics field. Um, even though I'm kind of, I kind of have one foot there One, foot, I never close the door, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm not, not open to going back into that field, but I don't want to do it because I'm scared that I'm not going to find the community in the filmmaking space. I'm actually committed to creating that space. And that's something that I eat that again, that's why I'm honored to be on a podcast like this because it's really paving the way. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't found that space, um, until now on this podcast and <laughs> with the few, um, female identifying um, people in our in our course that we <laughs> that we yes. are both in. Um, <laughs> but also not having formal education in film filmmaking is something that is still kind of like, oh my gosh, like it really provokes my imposter syndrome. And oh, something yeah. that yeah and something that I kind of like, should I should I just go into debt again just because I'm gonna meet the community there? And then oh, I'm like no. Yeah this is going to be hard one way or another. And whatever obstacle it may be, it's an opportunity for me to pave that way. So um, I'm slowly coming to realize like, I just need to face my fear and create the space
0: that isn't there. Absolutely. I mean, and you're not alone in, in being a person who needs community. I mean, that was the whole mission of starting this podcast. You know, I didn't see anyone who looked like me or had the same dreams and identified the same way that I do. And I was able to, you know, luckily reach out in the the course that you and I are in. Yeah. And find some individuals who are willing to, to connect with me and share their story. And I don't know about you, but hearing people's stories is something that's so inspiring to me and it it, re- it reaffirms my my pursuit of this crazy idea that i have that i can be a filmmaker you know right. it's that um, that sense of community that really binds us to our dreams um, because if it was just up to us we would we would never get anything done exactly. if we solely relied on ourselves we would we wouldn't go anywhere so right. i think finding that community is so important but um what do you do when when you feel like you you don't have that are there do you find yourself because I I know I'm the type of person if I'm feeling alone or I don't have the community I will start to look for it in places that I shouldn't you know what I mean and then you find like you were saying like should I just go back to school to or you know put myself in hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt just to find that community you know what I mean
1: right that's such a great question um that it's a it's a really layered question for me like i'm thinking Mm -hmm. literally of like how do i peel back the onion but not like go off on millions of tangents because but it's complicated you know like there are so many ways in which i cope one maladaptive way is relapse in my eating disorder Mm -hmm. um when i really want connection and i feel maybe i'm unable to get that then i you know maladaptive behaviors are so tempting in those moments however yeah. As, you know, I am committed to my recovery and and mental health and physical health and um, just living a life that is aligned with my values, like, that's when I really have to sit there and, like, reflect, not overthink, there's a difference, mm-hmm. but reflect <laughs> on where I'm at and what I want. And um, typically what that looks like is embracing the discomfort that I'm in, like, just mm. radically. And because it, it's so uncomfortable. And, yeah. Because the, when you're when I'm feeling so disconnected and 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 sometimes I isolate myself as a result and then it's this cyclical thing, right? Where Absolutely. you self isolate, especially in quarantine. Like, come on, give yeah. me a break. That was recipe like a,
0: for disaster.
1: It was a perfect <laughs> storm for a mental breakdown. Come on, yeah. Like, and I, I don't mean that to joke. I don't mean to joke about it because it's actually something that really does happen. Yeah. Um, but literally between the isolation, between feeling disconnected, between, um in addition to just feeling like insecure in my abilities, because I literally don't have the knowledge that those are the moments when I press record and I record myself. And, and I mean, there's actually a lot of videos right now that I have just sitting on my SD card um, that I want to post to YouTube. But that's when I, um, at least what I'm trying to do is just press record because I know that I'm not alone. That's something that I actually know to be true. And sometimes it's helpful for me to process because my brain goes a mile a minute. So it's helpful to process by speaking out loud. I know the importance of journaling and everything, but in that moment, pressing record on a camera is more accessible to me emotionally and physically. And so that's something that I continue to strive for. Um, that's also a reason why you actually don't see a lot of videos on my channel. And so this is a perfect opportunity to name that and name that, like, I, I absolutely love going there and having the conversations that people don't have, or maybe are too afraid to have, or just can't name it because they haven't done the work yet, or it feels so alone. And so that's what I do. I press record. Um, and that's what I hope to continue to do.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that level of self awareness too is is key in 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 any individual, but definitely right. someone who's who's recovering. I can definitely relate right. to that. And um, you know what you said before, you definitely have to check the facts. You know for a fact yep. that you're not <laughs> that alone. GBT, that's that GBT, great. that it's coming through. <laughs> I remembered something from my program. No, no totally. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, that's that's something I have to do as well, and I just when I started this podcast cast, it was a selfish venture. I didn't want to feel alone. And I wanted that, that validation to, to know that my dreams weren't crazy. And I found a community of individuals who had the same dreams, but it's grown into so much more than that. I mean, look at us here having this conversation. Yeah, it's a literally. it's a safe space and this. I can already tell this conversation for those listening is going to be so impactful because it's, it's stories they haven't heard before. It's ways that they've, that they're feeling that they couldn't name or they couldn't come to terms with until now so i'm just i'm so excited to be speaking with you today especially because they're like in the creative field especially i feel like it is so prone to mental health disorders and eating disorders and things like that um and it's because it's such a uh subjective field there's so much judgment there's so much you're pouring yourself into your work just to get judged by other people and that can take a toll on you um and you're you know you feel like you're in constant competition you have to constantly be improving constantly be leveling up your game or you're going to be forgotten or left behind so there's there's so much pressure in this field especially um so yeah, how have you how have you been managing that? Because I know that you and I are both relatively new in this yeah. space. Oh, I'm new. I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. I mean, uh, yeah. Go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say that. You know, we're both just starting out. How have you been navigating that pressure? But but also like intersectionality, right? Like you right. are not just. A filmmaker, you know, we, we all have all of these identities that play into and these experiences, these lived experiences that play into right. how we're going to to show up in each facet of our lives. And I have found it extremely hard to be a business owner, to be a creative when battling mental illness and, and just trying to do the damn thing and, and be an adult and live life. So I'm just wondering how you've been balancing all of that
1: the way that i deal with the pressure um, again an amazing question and it's a work in progress today yeah. the way that i'm dealing with the pressure is by not backing down and refusing and like and refusing the urge or not acting on the urge to have emailed you and be like yo i can't do this today like yeah n- and that's not at all aligned with my values and mm-hmm. like i have been making excuse after excuse in order to kind of protect myself and in reality like protect myself literally from what? From fear of rejection. So mm-hmm. today coming on the podcast was one example of how um, of how I dealt with the pressure. It actually feels so good to have like planned something and now executed. Yeah. Not only as someone with ADHD, but as someone who's like constantly, like you said, da- I'm doubting myself, especially because I'm new and that's completely normal, but yeah. also because I have several mental illnesses that really impact and inform how I show up in, in any space, not Absolutely. just filmmaking, you know, just like you said, we're like yeah. all of our parts combined. So that's something that I actually really, really appreciate. And just going back to that of like, sometimes the, I honestly just haven't like real talk. Like I struggle with the pressure because it's mostly the pressure that I put on myself and that's yeah. always been true. Um, that's why people like me um, who might struggle with perfectionism or some other, other mental illness, um, that's why I, I tend to go toward maladaptive coping mechanisms. So for me, pressing record and filming is a survival mechanism.
0: Yeah,
1: It's one that I'm learning to use as, as a way to cope. And I'm just realizing that. Like, very recently, I used to feel, like, actually ashamed. Literally last week. Like, again, this is all a work in progress. I used to feel ashamed of, like, pressing record, filling up an SD card for what? Of me crying? Like, of me doing this? And I'm like, who the hell is this for to begin with? So that's something I'm constantly asking myself. So another way that, another adaptive way that I cope with the stress and the pressure is asking myself why. And that's something that, like, it's really hard because I feel like I have to, either be in the mood for or to like go there or i really have to dig deep and like push myself so to be honest cal it's exhausting um sometimes it's just like a matter of taking a break um but i'll be honest like i'm still struggling with it it's something that i struggle with um to just not use maladaptive coping skills like my eating disorder or like not doing, not acting, which is something that I've been really leaning heavily on. I just haven't been producing. Yeah. Um so whereas like on my better days, I'm able to press record. I'm able to reach out. I'm able to connect. Um yeah. so yeah, it's a work in progress. So for anyone listening, you're definitely not alone.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're we're all in the same boat in, in one way or another. And I think that that tendency that we go to, to self-sabotage when we're right. scared, when that fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, all of these things kick in, it's, yeah. it's easy to, to, to sabotage. It's easy to not press record. It's easy to say, you know, oh, I, I can't make it today and make excuses, but right. really pushing through, um, I've found is, is the hardest part because once you do it, once you show up, like there's never been a situation where I, I do it and I show up and I'm mad at myself for showing up. Right, I'm, oh, right. I always feel better. And I'm like, damn, I'm really glad I pushed myself to do this today. And yeah. even if, you know, even if I show up and I half ass it, you know, right. even if I, even if I show up and I give 10%, at least I, I did it for myself. And that to me is a way of a, a form of self-compassion. Yes. And that's that's such a big like buzzword for me because I am, you know, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. We are hardest on ourselves. We're our biggest critics. We are, are, you know, our our worst kind of uh, sabotagers, if that's a fucking word. Yeah, um, <laughs> we you know, we, you know, are sometimes especially if you're you're battling with mental illnesses and things like that, we're looking for the easy way easy way out we're looking for ways to to slip back into those those you know negative coping mechanisms and and things like that so really pushing through is the hard part but it's so 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 rewarding um but so let's take a step back real quick um this conversation is so important right now And I just realized that like, why does this feel different than every other conversation I've ever had? And it's because this is a safe space. Yeah. And I've never, I mean, on the podcast thus far, I've never opened up like this. I've never talked to anybody about this kind of stuff. So in your opinion, what does a safe space look like for you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And something that I just want to highlight, like that means a lot to me because also a a safe space isn't necessarily a physical space it actually is it's being held right it's this feeling of being held by your by like myself by those in which i choose to surround myself with
0: yeah
1: um and the combination of the two um that's what i feel like a safe space is um I used to always want to share with everybody because I was so desperate for connection that I would, I let anybody in. That's what I'm trying to say. So like I would share everything with everyone just to see if people would latch on. And then I would do maladaptive things like self-harm, like these things to get the attention of other people. Because guess what? I'm human. I need people. And so do you, you know what I mean? So a safe space for me is feeling held by myself and and my values and my inner wisdom. That's something I'm really trying to connect with. It's like the ability for me to get out of my mind and into like my soul. And that's something I'm like really struggling with. Um, Honestly, it really helps. That's when like smoking weed actually really helps me. I'm able to Mm. literally get out of my head. Um, And I've done actually a lot of important work. Um, I'm not condoning any of this, but it is legal here in Massachusetts, so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah, so, you know, it's it's being able, um, when I'm able to access those compassionate parts of myself, like you mentioned, like, and feeling held by them, but also the people that I choose to surround myself by. And typically, something to note for me, is se- a safe space is to surround myself with people who are doing the work, right? Mm. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm... As soon as I started to commit to myself, um, I used to judge myself for, like, you know, quitting dietetics and nutrition and pursuing recovery because I have, quote unquote, nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody can, like, nobody, you know, if you ask me, what have you been up to the last two years? I've been in and out of treatment. Like, I have nothing to, quote unquote, show for it. Right? Like, but that's some arbitrary bullshit that society puts on us. Yeah. Um, and in reality, what I was doing was creating a safe space in myself. Yeah. So, and like, and through finding other people doing the work. So, one thing that I'm committed to when I have new um connections and and what I find so reassuring and like relieving as I'm talking to you is that it's so obvious that you're also using your self-awareness and um the opera and using experiences that maybe are hard as opportunities to learn more about yourself, because yeah. I'm done. Like if I'm on this level, I'm done dragging myself down to meet people where they're at because I don't need those people. Oh, that's yeah. something that I realized is being able to like recognize I don't need what they can offer. I can give that to myself. I need someone to meet
0: me where I'm at. You know what yeah. I mean? Wow. That's so powerful. I mean, cause I've also, there's been stages in my life when, and throughout my recovery, when you know there'll be people up here and i and i'll be down here and i yeah. i have to let that go too you right. know i i can't bring anyone down just like i wouldn't want anyone to kind of right. bring me down and 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 that's the thing once you commit to to doing the work for yourself you kind of get this this weird high if you will of like totally. wow all the answers i've ever needed i have yeah. the only person that i truly genuinely need and need to depend on at the end of the day is myself And once you kind of release that and and start to realize that you can choose who your family is, you can choose who your friends are, who your what your community is, it, it changes your, your life. And it's interesting to me because I, you know, people are like, oh, Kelly, you're so bubbly. You're so personable. I don't, I don't have many friends. I can count on on like a few fingers, the people that are in my circle. Yeah. Yeah, Right. (laughs) The people, the people in my circle, because I. I prefer it that way. I feel I feel safer that way. The people that I trust, I trust with my life yeah. and everybody else I kind of keep at an arm's arm's length away. Um, because also weird. finding finding community when you struggle with things as deep as mental health issues and, and things of that nature is is really challenging because with that comes a sense of of awareness that you have to to know you can bond with somebody, right? Yeah. Um, in a good way, and then also in like a you can have a trauma bond with somebody yeah, too. So, totally. I know so it's you mean. like, are we gonna commiserate and we're actually gonna be sabotaging right. each other, or are right. we actually gonna kind of keep a safe distance while okay. growing together and, and building building a friendship and a relationship? So, yeah, um, man, these are all like I don't <laughs> even know I don't even know what I'm saying right now. These are all like coming out That's of the amazing. vault, man.
1: <laughs> That's the best though, because you'll listen to it. No, those are the best moments. Like I when I was actually recording a podcast with like a really famous dietitian that Mm -hmm. I absolutely am obsessed with and was like a celebrity (laughs) in the field. Right. I was like, I can't listen to this. Like I refuse to listen to the podcast episode. And then I had people from all over the world be like, oh my God, you saved my life. And I'm like, what the fuck did I say? (laughs) Like I better listen to it now. (laughs)
0: Anyway, Yeah. yeah. No, but
1: just to go back to what you were saying of like, sometimes when I'm here, like down low and I don't want to bring people down, that's so relatable. And that's another coping mechanism that a lot of people use. And I feel like I haven't experienced this. Actually, I haven't experienced this yet in the creative realm, but I can only imagine what it's like to have people like use that subjectiveness, if that's a word to bring others down because they're so low, right? But I just wanted to share, like, that's when it's okay. In fact, that's when it's necessary to reflect and use your self-awareness and courage when you're feeling so low to ask for help from the right people. It's not like, you, you know, you're low and you stay low and you don't want to bring anyone to, you know what I mean? That's not it. It's like, okay, now what? You know what I mean? Like, I need help. That's when you of lean into the discomfort and the pain and realize that you're only human and in fact you literally you know we can't always all meet our needs all the time like that's yeah. literally not a part of being human so that's also something that i'm realizing it's like finding that healthy balance right of like yeah within relationships within um how i identify in my gender with how i identify as a creator and a person in recovery and all of that it changes
0: Yeah. And what you said about knowing when you need help, I think that's that's half the battle, right? It's knowing that you do. But then the second part of that is committing to it as someone who struggles with mental illness as an adult. And we talked about how, you know, our identities kind of bleed into our other identities and all of the spaces that we occupy. You know, I, I find myself I'm an adult. I'm 24 years old. I work a full time work from home job. I just launched a production company. I have a boyfriend of two and a half years that I live with. You know, I have bills to pay. I'm also, I also know that I'm not at my lowest point because I've been there. I know what that looks like, but I also can acknowledge the fact that I'm lower than I usually am and I feel like I need more support. Yeah. The most helpful thing for me was going to program, was being in, in the hospital was being, you know, at an IOP four or five days a week. It was that I can't feasibly, I don't see a route to do that at this present time in my life. And especially, you know, thinking a few years ahead, when I have kids, when I, you know, have, have, when I'm at a more, um, senior position in my career, Right. How do you go about getting the help you need while also fighting while also kind of fighting the st- stigma in corporate America that yeah. you know that if you go to your boss and say, hey, by the way, you know, I've yeah. kept this under wraps for you know the year and a half that I've been working here, but this is what I actually struggle with. This yeah. is my reality day to day. this is these are the, this is the support that I need and knowing that in the system that we have now that very well may affect. Your ability to get promoted, your longevity with the company, your job security, everything like that.
1: Yeah, that's again, you're like, you put everything of what I experience into words, basically. Mm. Like, you're, it sounds like you're reciting what I have gone through. Wow. And something that I had to do was one, I learned, I, I mean, a lot of people you know, a lot of people tell me that I'm really resourceful. And I am like, that's just in my blood. I'm Argentinian Israeli, grew up with (laughs) immigrant, like immigrant parents who just like came to America at 15 and had to literally support their parents. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it's in my blood. But I think so. So part of it is this just like, unwavering resilience. I think that's, I mean, that's something that's built within me. And I can't, can't change it's Mm -hmm. just like I would that's just like always been bombarded but the other thing is like how do you ask for help well you number one confide in that one or two people that you feel safe with like 100 percent um and then also take some time to start I would say take some time to start journaling and bringing more awareness to what exactly is causing x y or z start to become more aware of um what's coming up for you Mm -hmm. when you notice that you're going when you're using coping skills that aren't as helpful so like maybe taking a nap when you're not tired or um avoiding things that you normally wouldn't avoid or ignoring calls from your boyfriend or whatever right. start to notice like okay this is happening so what's coming up for me right now is it because i just had a really stressful call with my boss okay so and then start to like journal about that or like what part of it was stressful that mm-hmm. way you start to gather more information that's when like you know there's a certain level you can't like think your way out of a mental illness so that's not what i'm trying to say yes, i'm yeah. just saying awareness and it awareness is the key to the knowledge that you need in yeah. order to gain the courage to ask for the help that you need yeah. you know what i mean Absolutely. and i think by like and i don't want to say track track this track that to be honest that shit triggers the hell out of me mm-hmm. but that's kind of it is what i'm suggesting so if that's one way to say it, it's kind of like start to track your emotions just start to raise awareness about what's coming up for you in moments where you're using more maladaptive coping skills from there, it's it's doing the work of, like, literally opening up that benefits um, handbook mm. and realizing what my benefits are, getting on the phone with my insurance company for hours, shit that nobody would otherwise do, but I have nobody else to rely on. So acknowledging that and and doing it in, in small pieces and then relying heavily on self-compassion yeah. of, like, I can only handle one call with this insurance rep. Everything will fall into place. Yeah. One, like, as you not once you do those steps, but like, as you do those steps, you'll learn more information and information is key. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. I think that made sense. No, that, that resonated a lot with me because okay. <laughs> I mean, and I, I recommend therapy to anybody. Right. I don't know we that I've talked about it. it. Yeah. I don't know that I've talked about it on this podcast, but you know, I see a therapist regularly and, yeah. um, you know, after I was assigned a therapist after I got out of discharge from program and I've been working with, with this woman and, you know, for a while, for a while I was doing fine. So I wasn't opening up my DBT notebook, my binder. I wasn't going through I wasn't doing the work necessarily. Um, but what I, a counselor back in college told me that the best time to fix a leaky roof is not when it's raining. It's when the sun's out. Right. And it's, it's, that's such a powerful message to me because now, because I, I did the work kind of, you know, two years ago at this point, yeah, I can identify when I'm starting to slip back and then kind of rely on the skills – that I've learned and know that I had that that book to open up because with my therapist recently, you know, um, DBT, by the way, stands for dialectical behavioral therapy. It's yeah. a, a type of therapy used in um, to treat me- specific mental illnesses, yeah. mood disorders, personality disorders, um, helping trauma. you with trauma, things like that. Yeah. So um, one of the, the things is called a DBT diary card. And it's yes. basically oh, shit.
1: A, I have so many
0: <laughs> It's basically if you if you guys don't know what this is, Google it. Um and and again, I should preface this by saying we are not licensed therapists. No. We're not, you know, giving you any medical advice or diagnosing you in any way. But a DBT diary card is basically a more productive way of journaling for yeah. people who suffer with mental illnesses and things like that. So yep. what I've been doing is is filling out this diary card and it's it's, it's fucking tedious, you know? It's yeah. like every day it's draining, it's exhausting because yep. you have to experience the whole day and then yes. you have to go sit down and you have to fucking relive it and write yes. about it. And then once you go to, you know, in my therapy session, my therapist will review my whole diary card for the week or the two weeks or whatever yeah, and we'll go through it and you'll find that that awareness is so key, Daph, because- yeah. Oh, this is something that I experienced there. This is a trigger. I wouldn't have had that thought had I not gone there or, right. you know, experienced that. So, it's that awareness is key because before you you tap into that awareness, it's really easy to say, "Fuck, my life is spiraling out of control. Right. I'm at my lowest. Like things are going downhill." Tapping into that awareness allows you to pinpoint exactly what the issue is and then right. find appropriate resources because honestly, going through this these DBT diary cards, I'm starting right. to realize that okay, maybe I just need to brush up on my DBT skills. Maybe yeah. I need to go back into my binder instead of checking myself into a hospital. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's- Oh,
1: I fucking yeah. know what you mean. Like nobody's business. Like it's crazy how much I resonate with that. So first, thank you for sharing um, your experience because I know that that's, it's hard. It's fucking hard to talk about yeah, these things yeah. and just know that like, I, it's, I really appreciate it. And I'm sure listeners out there might appreciate like two people just like, struggling and naming that they're struggling yeah. um and just normal not normalizing it in a way normalize the conversation around it like this shit isn't taboo like yeah. this happens every day no like we're just choosing to talk about it Yeah. so anyway thank you for sharing that and of i completely agree i think that's also one piece that maybe we can talk about like that's actually a huge reason i think why i started video is because it's it was a form of documentation mm, yeah you know talk about that somewhere, yeah yeah so what i mean is it's like how i got into film and i say film and i'm literally judging myself the thought of like what i you're not a fucking filmmaker like that's how real this shit is guys like yeah yeah it's so hard like i'm like no i got into video not film because like i change it from aspiring filmmaker because i'm like i convinced myself i'm not an aspiring filmmaker because i don't know what the fuck i want so yeah i feel i'm you. gonna chill no,
0: I totally <laughs> let that feel judgment
1: you. go and just throw that out the window but i just mm-hmm. want to like normalize that that those thoughts are happening as I'm saying like oh yeah i consider myself like, an inspiring filmmaker you know what i mean like yeah. anyway so i got into this by accident i guess mm-hmm. um i got into this by by um when i started my youtube channel which was in the during the beginning of quarantine i was in iop for my eating disorder oh wow um yeah and this had been after i went so december 2019 I'm at work. I don't think I want to disclose like where I work.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's okay.
1: But I'm at work and I'm like, okay, this shit is bad. Like I'm I'm juggling three jobs. Yeah. By my own choosing. Like I I keep thinking that I'm like, oh my god, I'm so broke, I'm so broke. And I'm like, no, I have a roof over my head. I have mm-hmm. access to food. This is just trauma. Like this is just yeah. a trauma response. And I still could witness how I was sabotaging myself by getting those other jobs whatever needless to say I was I was re- in really bad shape and full relapse in my eating disorder so that's when I that's when I like knew I needed a therapist I wasn't even seeing a fucking therapist yeah. at that time I was in the it's process so of tough. switching cuz yeah. that but that's the reality of how hard it is how mm-hmm. inaccessible this yeah. stuff is and part of the reason why I started my YouTube channel Anyway, so I go to this therapist, and during my first session, she goes, I think you need treatment for your eating disorder. And I'm like, I literally like turned around. I was like, who the fuck are you talking to? I don't have an eating disorder.
0: Uh, right? Like, oh, I man.
1: Like, I so disconnected. Like, how could I have an eating disorder? I'm fat, blah, 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 Like, I was so disconnected. Yeah. And so even from that first session, I, I it's such a turning point because- yeah. A licensed professional in five minutes, within five minutes of meeting me, oh realized like this bitch needs help.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> like right. that's like the power of like asking for help from the right people. And again, we can get, I'm happy to continue talking about like yeah. how to do those things. It's actually something I'm actually really good at because I've had to do it. So I, maybe I should like start talking about that on my channel. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> like how the fuck do I go through insurance, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. no one talks about that. So anyway, yeah. what was he saying? Okay, long story short, I meet this new therapist. I absolutely love her and she's like you need help. So, I actually get admitted to a local eating disorder facility mm-hmm. and I do their PHP or partial hospitalization program. It's basically, I call it eating disorder camp and and I call it that just because it resembles the schedule of camp. You're there from like 8 to 2. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's literally the only resemblance. But you get to meet people who are like-minded and who are literally struggling um on during this they're struggling with the same things that you're struggling with so after a month of that they're like okay you need more help so Mm -hmm. i took an overnight train to philadelphia to residential treatment residential treatment is basically you're at the facility you're staying at the facility while receiving 24-hour care and this is not just exclusive to eating disorders this is like for a lot of different mental mental illnesses. Residential treatment is a common, it's like a level of care. There's different levels. There's inpatient, so that's an actual hospital. There's residential, which is 24 hours, like you're living there. Yeah. Um, so that's still very intense. And then um, partial hospitalization or PHP or day treatment as my, my program called it. And then IOP or intensive outpatient. And that's um, that goes down to maybe three to five, 3 to f- 3 to 4 times a week yeah. maybe 3 to 5 times a week a few hours a day. So those are the different levels. Mm-hmm. Um and I just share that because I just want to highlight like how fucking that was my job. Like that like that's how tedious it was. Like I literally had to take 5 months wow. off of work <laughs> to go through all of that. And um that was also when I was struggling with my gender identity and like Having just graduated from my nutrition program, having failed my registered dietitian exam and having realized, holy shit, this is toxic. Like I can't be a dietitian while I have an eating disorder like that. All of that was happening. And like this constant, like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And then I just started to realize, like, what do I want to be doing? And I'm like, yeah. I want to talk about this shit because nobody's talking about yes. this. Yeah. Nobody's talking about how messed up this is, how inaccessible this is, how how common it is for fat people too, like, to have anorexia, to struggle with the same shit thin people struggle with, yeah. how and how taboo this is for people of color. Yeah. And literally, it's just a whole different whole different ballgame so that desire and really the passion of wanting to help people was always there so it just switched from wanting to be a dietitian to how how else can I help this community and that's when I decided well YouTube is perfect I'll have some like rich corporations paying me to teach people for free that's like the perfect business model for me so like since then I started recording my process of like here are some tips on um here's some tips on eating shorter recovery. This is what my complicated relationship to movement has been like. And I've gotten really good feedback and um, it's making me think like, I really want to commit to doing one video a week. It's just fucking hard to show up. It's so hard. And talk about what I'm struggling with every time. So that's yeah. a whole different thing. So I kind of went on a tangent. All of this to say the power of documentation and I guess the, the the takeaway here is um documenting whatever way feels helpful for you you know my partner is an artist so they're also and they're also non-binary but they're also so they always draw and mm-hmm. so they made their own diary cards um and they are able to reflect back based on like the colors that they choose, how they were feeling, wow. right? So like yeah. figuring out what works for you. Do you like singing? Well, what kind of songs have you been singing lately? Have they been super depressing or have they been like happy and cheerful? So like yeah. figuring out what works for you is my main takeaway to raise that awareness so that you can really start to, um, you know, really start to understand who you are. Because at the end of the day, no doctor, no dietitian, no other person on this freaking planet knows you better than you. Even when you say you don't know yourself, that's when you have to do the work to get to know yourself. So that's the main takeaway. Um, And then my other main takeaway from all of this shit show of my, (laughs) that rant, no, No. of of what I just explained was like, you know, there are more, there are more ways. How do I explain this? There's more than one way to help people. You know what I mean? Like, you can do it scared like i i like i said i did this on accident i didn't know what i was doing i just knew that i love tech and i was just like excited at the prospect of how do i turn on the camera like that just excited me and leaning into that being being willing to to lean into that unknown but recognizing like Oh, this is producing like exciting feelings. This is probably something I should tap into. Yeah. So it's all, it all feeds into each other. And so the main, another main takeaway that I want to share with you all, it's like, as you start to, and as, when you commit to working on yourself mm-hmm. and as you start to show up for yourself consistently, that's when everything falls into place. Yeah. So for me, it what what that took was for me to take time off work and eat fucking three meals and whatever snacks a day because my dietitian told me to do that. That's what, and like, obviously I'm just, I'm kind of minimizing what that actually is. It's that in addition to all the therapy, but I say it to say like, once I started to do the basic um, self-care, meet my basic needs is when I started to literally realize like, oh, okay, this is what I want. So that's something that if you're out there struggling, like with anything mental health related or even just uncertainty, just take some time. Especially if like you're in your 20s like us, like in reality, like we should be just acting on what we think we wanna be doing because that's how we know what we wanna be doing. How are we supposed to know? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you just have to try
0: it. Um, You started documenting as a way of kind of helping yourself through your recovery. Yeah. You didn't know what it would turn into at that time. Exactly. You then started documenting and, and putting your journey out there um, for the the world to see. Um, and maybe you had the idea of like, okay, I, I'll share my story so others can hear it and maybe it'll help them. Yeah. Then you started to kind of switch your mindset and say, oh, this can actually turn into something. Yeah. You know, I can, hopefully if the YouTube business model works, you know, I can get paid to provide, this type of content for free to really help people and build that community. So where, and, and, but you also said at the same time, you want to, to make it on YouTube, you have to be consistent and that's so fucking hard to do. So where are you, would you say now with your YouTube journey, how are you feeling about it? And what are your goals for the rest of the year?
1: Wow, you're just, like, digging into my soul. <laughs> <laughs> we were joking before recording this that, like, we feel like we're already friends, but we're fucking friends. We I are. Feel like we are. Contract. <laughs> you just dug into my damn soul, I swear <laughs> to God. Because these are questions that I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Right. And I'm realizing through this conversation. So you asked, how am I feeling about where am I at with yeah. YouTube? And, what? yeah. So where I'm at is... <sighs> There's so much right now in my life that's in transition. Mm. And what I keep coming back to is like, no, I just want to create content. But Mm. what keeps happening is that I'm not creating content. And then I'm like, well, if I wanted to be creating content, then I would just be creating content. Uh, I'm like, no, that's the same thinking that literally got me to relapse. Like if I had just eaten, I wouldn't have an eating disorder. So right right now I'm at that place. Again, symptom swapping. I don't know if if you're familiar with that, but like, Going from one maladaptive coping skill to another, like instead of doing that with food, abusing food or yeah. not eating food, like now I'm doing it with like sabotaging my career. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> joking. That was a joke. No, I feel but like What it. I mean is like I keep coming back to like, no, this could work if I. This feels like the most aligned. Like I can just talk because this this feels easy. Like it's honestly yeah. not that hard for me to press record. Yeah. It gets hard when I start to think about oh, my set, but like, wait, what about the B-roll? Like nobody, the algorithm is going to pick me up because I have no fucking B-roll. But then I'm like, what kind of B-roll am I going to be talking about? Eating disorder. So all the different shit. And I'm like, wait, maybe I should do a short film and then submit it to a film festival so I can get paid. That's where my mind is right now. And so what I'm noticing even through this conversation is like, Mm -hmm. I just need to slow down. Yeah. And I just need to go back to the basics. For me, that's pressing record. And like, then just... I have to just trust that it something will happen from that. Yeah. Um, so in terms of YouTube, as far as I know, <laughs> what I do want, what I feel like my heart wants is like, I do want to be consistent on YouTube. Mm-hmm. What my mind is saying is like, no, I don't. So yeah. I'm I'm having an internal conflict for sure. But I, I do want to be um, a YouTuber. Ooh, no, I mean, oh, I do want to yeah. be posted on YouTube. I don't, but I've, I've been, I think I've, Part of the reason I haven't been is for a reason they just shared that it's hard, but also because I've <laughs> invested way too much time researching on the algorithm where it's like, okay, but what if I want to talk about my video production company? And then I have all these videos about that. Oh, but I just went to Western Massachusetts and I just vlogged. So what if I want to post that? So then I stopped posting in general. Mm -hmm. But I have all this amazing footage of like me shaving my head and and all of that. And then going to Western Mass and this beautiful footage. And then me talking about my first video shoot. And I just haven't posted it because I'm like, the algorithm just isn't going to whatever. So as you can probably hear, it feels like I'm a shit show, but um, I know this is, I know this is what people go through. So it's a long winded way of saying like, I am struggling a lot with YouTube. Um, I think I really want it, but then I'm not doing it. So that's where I'm at.
0: (laughs) Man, I like, if there is one part that's just like, so fucking relatable, it's gotta be that. Like the, (laughs) the fact that, we tell ourselves if we want something bad enough, we would just do it. You know, right. Kel, you say you want to be a filmmaker. Why don't you have any clients?
1: Right. You know, you say, you, right. you say you I want do. to be a you, filmmaker. Where's I, your
0: fucking website? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's all these things. You're so fucking relatable. <laughs> so, and the other thing is, like, I like the other thing is like, you know, with, with YouTube, it, if you break it down and think about it, is it as simple if you made a process yeah. would it be simpler of course but right. what nobody what nobody talks about is the fact that like in order to get to that process and then also remain consistent with it you have to put in a lot of work like and also it's like it's a little bit hours yeah and it's the thing it's like okay right now you're in kind of a good spot because you know you you aren't monetized yet no one is knocking down your door paying you to make this YouTube content. So if you, you have the flexibility to do it on your own time, but at the same time, like I said, if we leave it up to us, it'll never get done. So it's like a good amount of pressure would be helpful, but also yeah. pressure can work the other way too. It can make us so intimidated by it that we just, we, we self-sabotage and we say, fuck it all together. Yeah. So I, I totally, totally, totally understand. And I, you know, the advice that I'll, I'll say, because I 100% I'm relating to you in this in in like every aspect of my fucking life but specifically i started a youtube channel right and i i got so caught up in like the views and like i was right. getting like 100 views maybe 80 view you know what i mean like yep. and i then i would compare myself to other creators and i'd say you know i could i i would i would watch somebody's video and say like i could totally do that Yep. but then it's like why why won't i why won't i do it you know, these these mental blocks. And I found that, um, what helped for me is just finding a way that is a little bit challenging Mm -hmm. and still very accessible and easy enough. And, and also that has accountability. That's why I started the show. You know, that's what she's in focus is for me. It's a way it's the accountability is having a guest and knowing that if i cancel i'm impacting somebody else's life i'm right. impacting somebody else's schedule it's right. easy enough where i just set up my camera here i turn on my lights in the background you know my camera's pretty much on auto right now i don't have to you know it's not like right. i'm i'm working with a client and i'm doing filmmaking techniques and i have to bring right. it into the edit when i bring right. it into the edit it's it's ab you know a and b camera it's, right. it's easy. I have my preset graphics. I have my music. I have all that planned out, but it's challenging in that, you know, I have to put some thought into the interview. I have to research. I have to to show up. And this is like a way that which with each episode, I'm slowly building my confidence. And like I said, it's it's building it's turning into something that I never would have imagined, but it's still not like detrimental to my health it's right. something that I, I don't mind showing up for even on days when I don't want to do it. Like I said, because of that little bit of accountability. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if that's a, a series on your channel. I don't know yeah. if that's starting your own podcast. You know, yeah. I don't know what it it looks like for you, but I think that could be helpful in, in finding something small that checks those boxes so you can help hold yourself accountable a little bit.
1: Wow. That was just like very very helpful advice and and really reassuring again that you know you're going through it too and um again something like being on this podcast also and and hearing you say that helps me put it into context of like no I actually really enjoy this like I am having a really shitty day like you can't tell but I'm wearing pajamas mm-hmm. on the bottom I just put me on a too. shirt <laughs> like literally I'm like quarantine We're Wearing a fucking baseball right? cap yeah literally quarantine <laughs> will never end right <laughs> not for me <laughs> I'm joking but anyway um yeah it's what was I saying it doing something like this actually feels so authentic and this conversation is really like filling up my cup. Like I, it's helpful. So maybe I just need to, you know, be by being present in this moment, I'm realizing like actually like doing something like this. Like I have the software Ecamm Live where I would use to do live streaming. I know how to make um, graphics. My partner's a fucking animator. Like I can make a kick-ass thing. You know what I mean? I do have skills. I'm also on auto and I have this fancy ass thing. I have all the things and I think- you know, the, maybe, you know, yeah, you're totally right. It's like start starting to ask smaller questions, like breaking it down, not like, okay, why am I struggling? That's kind of too much, right? It's like, okay, but what can I do? Like what feels okay? And right now I know feeling like talking to you feels actually more than okay. It makes me really happy. Makes me feel better in fact. So I'm already thinking of like, I actually, yeah, I actually like have people in the eating disorder field that I can talk to, that I can interview. I like, for instance, that RD that I mentioned, like that she's freaking famous. She goes, yeah, message me anytime you want to interview me. Like as I asked her and
0: I was like, okay, well maybe then I should do it. So now (laughs) I actually have an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, thank you. Of course. Of course. And I find that it's, um, this is like, it's uh who did I interview Maya Fulmer she's um she started this kind of group this Facebook group called Media Empress and that's her branded YouTube channel she was a guest on the podcast um she's a really 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 nice woman and she was saying that she was reading an article that says that individuals need like three pushes so like if whether it's somebody compliments your your work or something like that's like a little bit of a push whether it's um you know, like something like like for me, like flexing my creative muscle by doing this podcast. Every every episode I have under my belt, every one that I publish on Instagram, it gets a few likes. That's like these little pushes, and I, I find that we need those yeah. as just humans to to continue to push ourselves forward. Um, yeah. And it's it's just so. It's so interesting how, you know, we will work so hard for those little pushes but we can be also right. taken down in a with one negative comment with one negative thing. So it's just this constant pursuit of like, okay, this feels okay now. This feels good. Let me just try to do this for as long as I can before the negative hits again right. or before it it comes because typically and I don't know if this if this is a pessimistic view, typically it's not if it will come, it's when it'll come, you know? But that's just exactly. that's just life. It's up and down. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: No, that's what you're speaking to is so important because it's, it's just, you're speaking to just the human condition. Like we need validation. Oh yeah. We need, I mean, a healthy balance of it all. And I say that like, that's arbitrary, right? Like who the hell I say, healthy balance in a way, like you determine what that means for you. Nobody else, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So like we do, but as humans, we need validation. Like we need to connect. We need, um, i mean they're literally like the hierarchy of needs
0: yeah yeah. (laughs) i was
1: just thinking about that so like yeah that's what you're speaking to and i think like maybe i just like was as i'm reflecting like i think i just want to feel needed and even with my 207 subscribers that i know and love and some i don't know um you know, have you know those? I'm reflecting back on some of those comments. Like I, when I felt needed, like I was like, yeah, like yeah, I, I'm gonna uh-huh. show up. So like, and um, I ultimately know the more that I would show up, the more, at least the more chances people will have to yeah. connect with me. um Absolutely. So yeah, that's something that um, I'm gonna work on, and I want to work on trying to eliminate the barriers of recording. Um, so like keeping, I mean, I'm moving but like maybe like right now I was just thinking today, just for an example, like how am I going to record any videos I'm moving at the end of August? Um, I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, like I'm going to start packing. My whole set's going to be messed up. And I'm like, I literally just made it work just now. Like yeah. why can't I can keep it like this and just press record and just right. keep a corner of the house so that I can record a video.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, I think exactly what you mentioned of, of, um, the you know just going back to the basics doing doing one thing at a time um do you follow think media yes yeah I do I absolutely love him I I like Sean Cannell um I'm in his program the, the video ranking oh Academy. really
0: I've been thinking yeah. about it
1: oh yeah I can share with you like just what I've gotten from it and whatnot yeah. but I um something that I actually love and I've been following It's just how can I do 1% better? And typically I've been working more on it like in post because I kind of just like the setup of pressing record. That's what works for me. Mm -hmm. But now I'm just like, okay, like what can I do? I just need to show up. Like I'm going to just try and um, get to that point. And I'm I'm even going to remove the pressure of like needing to post. I'm just going to show up and I'm just going to record it so I have it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my commitment that I'm going to try and do. So maybe you can help me hold me accountable. Yes,
0: yes. Your accountability <laughs> buddies and friends. Yes, Look at that. For sure. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: we're going to also be DBT. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Accountability, but <laughs> accountability. What the fuck?
0: Accountability kind of buddies.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs>
0: oh my god. So I have honestly, Def, I have so many more questions for you, but yeah. I like I just I know. We're coming up on nearly two hours. Now. I'm probably gonna. I'm, I'm gonna cut up the interview. I might actually have to release it in two episodes. But what sure. I what I do want to touch on is your production company. Okay. And I want to kind of because I think that you know it's a rare occurrence where I I have someone on the podcast who's c- kind of in a similar boat as as I am. Yeah. We both work full time gigs. We, yeah. we just launched our production companies yeah. and we're just like in the baby, like the beginning yeah. steps. Yeah. And I just, um, you know, and I've talked about this on the, the show before Um, that, when do you call yourself a filmmaker? If you noticed in my intro, I still call myself an aspiring filmmaker because yeah. I don't know, like, I feel like I don't have the notches on my belt yet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't have the trophies right. on the shelf to be able to call myself because I mean, one of the, the biggest things is I don't have any like clients. I have one client mm-hmm. and Me the too. videos that are on my um, portfolio of the website that I'm building are stuff I've done, uh, you know, for, for free in the comfort of my own home for myself. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I, like I had back in college, I was like a sports videographer mm-hmm. for like two or three games. So I liked one of those videos. So I threw it up on my website. Yeah. Um, but I feel like such an imposter. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I can do event videography and uh, you know portrait lifestyle filmmaking because I because I did this one video, you know, on a Saturday night one day because I got a new product and I had like a spinny rotating fucking plate that everybody has and a black backdrop, you know.
1: (laughs) Totally, (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, and I just like, um... okay, so so we'll take it back a second. So. when and why did you launch your production company, Double, Double Vision Media?
1: Yeah. Um, I So originally, my partner and I, um, we, we were kind of like co-owners at the beginning because it was kind of, you know, I had the idea, but then I was like, okay, but like what if we combined uh, my video skills or at least my aspiring skills <laughs> that I want to develop, right, yes. mm-hmm. um, with their incredible graphic design and ability to like, just learn after effects, like in a fucking day, like they're just so talented. Like they just pull shit out of their ass. I mean, they will never admit to this, but they're just so talented. (laughs) So that's how the idea came up. Um, and that's kind of what got us started in terms of like, okay, filing for an LLC, um, you know, getting the basics down, like getting the domain for the website, um, starting to tell people about it. Right. So that happened in December, 2020. Why did I do it is actually a great way to summarize a lot of what we talked about today. Mm. I want freedom. I want freedom from corporate America. I want freedom from the system as much as possible. Um, I I want to create my own rules because to be honest, I'm not the best employee. I love breaking rules. And I just need to like use that and f- to fuel that into my passion. It's yeah. not the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm actually a top seller at the company, but um, no, I I, I totally pace. under
0: understand what Hearing. you're saying. And as a gainfully em- employed person, I can't admit yeah. to that. I can relate to you very heavily. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but yeah, just think that out. But like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So the main reason is is. Because it started to, the idea started to align with my values. I want financial freedom. I want like freedom um, to go. I want the freedom to um, make money on a passion. Um, I want the freedom to, um, like I said, create my own rules and and break them. And for nothing to happen, I just want to be able to call the shots. And that might sound like I just want control. And maybe that's true. But, um, a lot of the, these are a lot of values that I, that I have right now that, that I'm really like aching for. It's like, I just want freedom. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of why I did it. And and now my partner, um, they kind of stepped away from the role of like co-owner, um, j- it naturally like, it, you know, we we're happily still partners and right. still work together in our company, um, but they they um we just found a better way to operate. So mm-hmm. I just kind of consult with them when um you know, I made a video for a friend. I was like, "Hey, Duke, their name is Dewey, Do I call him?" Mm-hmm. Um, "Hey, Duke, can you like make the thumbnail for this?" And like that's how we're best operating or they're, they're yeah. literally able to whip up a thumbnail and like a beautiful custom mm-hmm. animation within two hours and I'm able to just do a really quick edit in two hours. And there yeah. we go. So, well, you know what I mean? Four yeah. hours of work done and the beautiful, like, just like very, um, simple rather, uh, social media video. So right now that's been working really well. Um, that's what we're kind of doing. We're kind of, I think I'm, I enjoy, um, the business aspect and kind of being in control of those, um, calling the shots, I guess, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and taking those creative risks. And then, um, but I always typically run my decisions creatively by Do because I really appreciate and value their opinion. So I think that's something that's really important, especially yeah. when I consider like bringing people on, if that's something I want to do, it's like, I need to be able to trust them and I need to be like on the same level. Yeah. So creatively, mm-hmm. um, Do and I work really well together and um, they're a big part of this. That's why I keep mentioning them. So that's kind of why I started. And then what's going on right now with Double Vision Media is um, literally similar to you. I'm like, okay, I have no portfolio. I have absolutely no experience. I keep consuming more than I'm creating. So then I started to just ask myself like, what do I enjoy consuming? And then started to ask myself, can I see myself making this? So like, to be honest, like Daniel Schiffer, you know Daniel Schiffer? Yes, yes. Yeah, every, okay, everyone knows Daniel Schiffer, but no judgment if you didn't. (laughs) I would still be (laughs) friends with you, don't worry. (laughs) Anyway, he's this YouTuber dude in Canada and he's just really fucking phenomenal. He's so talented and has really big name clients, but also just like does stuff on his own for fun. And it's like insane. He does a lot of product, product videography. What what would you call it?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I would call it. But like a very minimal setup too. Minimal setup and they're like all
1: handheld shots. So like I say all of it to say like when I watch his video I feel like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. Um, And so that's something I want to lean more into. That's literally a conversation I had with Dewey the other day of like, Mm -hmm. can we do this? Can we just like, like I have all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, like, can I just, let's just do it. So that's something I'm thinking I want to um, lean more into is product videography, yeah. but we actually just got back from a trip to Vermont. Um, this is a different story, maybe for a different time, mm-hmm. but um, I went to go visit a friend and a friend that I worked with in college at like an on-campus work study job. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't really kept in touch that much, but we vibe like, She's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so she's an Afro-Dominican. Um, she's Afro-Dominican and, and her and her parents own an Afro-Dominican-owned creative arts business. Oh, and they're wow. actually really famous in Vermont because they paint beautiful, very impactful and powerful murals all over Vermont. And wow. one that they're working on right now is huge like on main street like one of the one of the main streets in like burlington vermont which vermont's small but like it's you know like in you when you walk in the building and you see it there's hundreds of black revolutionaries and wow. just the messages like i get chills thinking about it but when you see it and experience it it's something that is so inexplicable but anyway so this trip was just so insightful because what i learned was wow like working with other creators is something that feels really good because they actually yeah. They don't ask to negotiate my price. Exactly. They understand the importance. Like I just shot out a price that was like a dream price, right? Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I want to be paid this much an hour. So like, this is what I'll charge for a video. And they're like, okay, like, we'll just write it into the budget next time. But right now I'll pay you this. I'm like, oh, cool. I was going to do for free anyway. And they're still going to pay me like 500 bucks to do this where I was yeah. going to do it for free anyway. Right. So, yeah. um, so where I was at, is like, okay, I don't, I don't have any experience. I don't really have anything on my portfolio. So what do I feel like I can do for free? Like, what do I want to be doing? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lean into working with others. That's something I noticed that I need based on the conversation that we've had. Like, yeah, I need connection. And I think working with other creators is something, one way to do it yeah as evidenced by not only that interaction, but our interaction today. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and um, what else? just um kind of just stepping out of my comfort zone. I mean, none of this is in my comfort zone. So like that's what I kind of just have to continue doing. It's like kind of put my head down and just do it because yeah. at least when I do it I'll know better. And then yeah. when I know better I'll do better. You know what I mean? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Of course, it's all part of the process and I think yeah. uh, it's so funny even our like our ideas for what we want our production companies to be like aligned so well. Cause I love yeah. that short form social media content. Oh yeah. I love that. I mean, I don't have a, a very long attention span e- either. So either, I dude. just no. love, I mean, and that's why I love like the idea of a 30 second spot, 15 second spot. Like I just, I love it so much. Dang. And that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of content I want to create. But on the other hand, I want to work with other, um, you know, POC, other, yep. you know, companies that like small businesses things like yeah. that um that have missions that i believe in or have like oh. things that i i believe in or i really like so i'm the the thing that i'm hearing that we both want to do is just like choose our projects yes. never want to be in the situation where we're taking on so much work of, of shit projects that we don't want to do just to right. pay the bills it's choosing right. the projects creating quality content that will pay the bills And with clients that'll, you don't have to justify your, your prices too.
1: And I think that's our approach is even similar because we both have day jobs that we might, I don't know about you, like I plan on quitting eventually, but like, I don't want, but right now, like there's so much uncertainty that removing that only source of stability would be more detrimental. So for me, it's now about how do I make a game plan moving forward? Um, and I think it's really just this question of, and I think, I don't know if this is something you, you are dealing with, but it's like, I feel like I'm taking a bet on myself. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? As I start to plan for my future, it's like, okay, but so like, can I just count on me saying like, this is how much I want to make. And then like, can I count on that? Like, so 100. sometimes on, on good days, I'm like, yes, I can. And on other days I'm like, no, like, are you fucking nuts? Don't do that. So, um, This all feels like, you know, even just even just starting the company, even just doing the things, having these conversations is all information, all opportunities to just learn more about ourselves and to learn and experience the world. Like, And something that I want people to know about me is that once I started in recovery, what I learned is it's okay to change your mind. Like, do you know how many times I changed my website? I changed my fucking pronouns like so frequently (laughs) like it's okay to change your mind is something that i'm constantly telling myself of like okay so i did this for my brother i don't want to do that anymore or i did like i thought i wanted to be a documentary filmmaker because i love matt Diavella, but i really don't like that's way too uncertain like i really don't have it in me to do that so um yeah i'm just trying to go with it and and lean into it and I'm st- still finding that balance, right? Of like, how do I lean into it? But am I leaning into like the doubt or am I leaning into like my inner wisdom?
0: Yeah, 100%. I always uh, feel like I'm going back and forth between my wise mind and my emotion mind all the you time. Don't, you know <laughs> it, I, you really know it. When it comes down to, to those kind of things. But I think um, I'm just so excited to have, have met you and to be talking with you. And just the fact that our journeys align so much has yeah. just inspired me, and I'm I'm never gonna leave you alone now. Like you no, got a friend, I'm, <laughs> I'm messaging I'm you every day. <laughs> but the, but the thing is, like, um, this is this is why I, I do this podcast. It's yeah. to, because there is you know every guest I have on the the show is great. Yeah, but then there are just people that you click with that yeah. you know like oh, this just affirms everything I'm doing in this yeah. field it affirms everything yeah. all my experiences and everything like that yeah. so I, I definitely feel that with you Daph and I'm I'm just so yeah. like fucking thankful that you were here today and I oh. so appreciate the conversation we had
1: I really appreciate this conversation and you and I think like the fact that you wanted to interview me already made me feel I like that's what I that's what got me through this huge ass hump so thank you like I've been not creating. And this is this broke that spell because I had yeah. someone that was interested to hear from me. I think that's like what I needed. So I've learned so much for myself and just feel so affirmed. And for anyone listening out there, um, feel free to reach out to me. I, my DMs are open. You can find me on social media um, at Daph Levy, D-A-P-H-L-E-V-Y. That's just my first and last name. That's my personal. And then at double vision dot media, it's spelled as you'd imagine <laughs> is my uh professional kind of we'll see where that one goes so you can follow me there and then my um website is also doublevision.media. um yeah that's it it's not .com. vision dot media um and then my youtube channel is just my name um might change that too but just my name <laughs> dap levy so those that's where you can find me and um i'm currently yeah i currently offer Video production services, literally, if you need anything, um, just hit me up and I'm really, but I am really, really interested in working with, um, you know, people of color, um, BIPOC communities, um, really people who are committed to doing liberation work and um, Mm -hmm. maybe hold those marginalized identities. That's kind of like what I want to do. I know that for certain. So um, in addition to uh, promo videos, so like if you're a a small business owner who has some of those identities, Yeah. I'd
0: love to work with
1: you. So (laughs) yeah. Was that okay?
0: No, that was perfect. I was going to literally ask you all of those questions in a row, just like that anyway. So it worked out. Um, The last question I, we will end with today is how can the viewers and listeners of this podcast support you as a filmmaker?
1: It's so sweet. Oh my God. How can you support me? (laughs) Honestly, um, I think you can support me by subscribing to my channel. Um, I've been toying around with the idea of making like buy me a coffee page. Um, or a Patreon page just to have a tip jar. Um, but honestly, subscribing to my channel and um, I, I want to hear from you. I want to know what you guys want. <laughs> That's what I'm realizing is what I need. I just want to know how I can serve my community better. So um, reach out and subscribe would just be mean the world to me
0: awesome well we know where to find you daff again this has been my favorite episode to date (laughs) my my favorite guest what the hell (laughs) (laughs) are we doing this so funny um so uh in closing i'm i'm just so excited for this this new friendship we've just sprung up here in the in the podcast so again thank you so much for the the value that you brought to this episode And I'm so excited to see how your business and your YouTube channel and you are going to continue to grow as a person. So thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you. And likewise, I'm so excited to just be a part of this literally trailblazing community that you've created. Um, You inspire me a shit ton and I'm so excited to support you and hopefully collaborate in the future
0: oh a hundred percent coming into your dms right after yeah this. we literally live so close <laughs> to each other so <laughs> that's too yeah all right fam Thank you so much for having me <laughs> of course as always thanks so much for watching and i'll see y'all in the next episode bye